Let's do it. to another guitar blazing crazy rock and roll satanic panic episode of short bus cinema i am one of your hosts rick and cruising on down the road we're going to the next little town to perform five nights in the gymnasium it's me and my good buddy johnny crew what's up buddy what is up it is the satanic panic is real up in this bitch <laughs> Uh, satanic panic matters <laughs> uh, dude i will tell you this man uh one thing that i immediately uh every time i watch this movie one thing that i immediately uh kind of um what's the word uh i'm drawn to the fact that the the musicians seem more like musicians <laughs> yeah well well when when you start talking about uh, when we get into our synopsis and stuff yeah, there is some legit musicians in here that were kind of uh, happening at the time. So yeah, I mean, uh, we'll we'll definitely get into that. But yeah, these guys were actually musicians, so that does make a difference. Oh yeah, and we say that because today we are covering Black Roses, the third film from the director of Rock and Roll Nightmares. So he did he did kind of progress and uh, you know elevate as a director. And um, well, he didn't write this, but as a director, he definitely. You can tell. I mean, once we get into the the heart of this movie, you can tell that this one is just like leagues above where Rock and Roll Nightmare was. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this one barely, you know, is is bust material. I think it's it's a little better than some of the some of the stuff we covered on Hail Ming, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, one downside is is this movie doesn't have Beverly D'Angelo in it, and you know, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, but, and th- but we do have some other characters. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't spot one single uh, geriatric woman's outfit in this movie. <laughs> Not one. But there's still plenty of wackiness to be had, though, for oh, sure, yeah. man. Yeah. So yeah, this will definitely be a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that's been going on. Have you have you been watching anything particularly during all this seasonal stuff? Um. Not a whole lot of. I mean, I'm actually we're going back through the Silence of the Lambs movies, or you know the, I don't know what you would call that the 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 Hannibal Lecter movies, and sure. uh, yeah, we've been doing that. Um, trying to yeah, just trying to lead all that lead back into the show because I've never seen the show and people are like, dude, you got to watch Hannibal, and I'm like, I've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we're, yeah, we're almost I, done with I, the movies, and I'm, I'm excited because I actually like uh, Maz Mikkelsen, the guy who uh, plays Hannibal mm-hmm. in the series. So that'll be. I mean, I'm interested in seeing it. How about you? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I've got five shows going at the same time. So yeah, I'm watching <laughs> a lot of stuff for all the different shows. But as far as just sitting back and watching something, uh, nothing in particular. I, I did enjoy uh, going back. We just covered. Uh, 
Rawhead Rex on uh, Hell Ming, and <laughs> I forget how much fun that movie is, man. It's it's not good by any means. Matter of fact, it's it's a short bus contender, but it sure is a lot of fun, man. <laughs> Dude, I actually I think I did that show with uh, the Hysteria Continues, you know, four or five years ago, and that was a really fun show to do. Oh, uh, that movie's just that movie's nuts. <laughs> It's it's just got so much stuff in it that you can just say, <laughs> well, here's the crazy farmer's wife that uh, reenacts what happened to her when Rawhead showed up, where she goes, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't uh, at all seem like a Clive Barker story. No, no, well, of course they changed it enough to where the you know, they took all the besides the uh, besides the pissing on the priest and having a a penis statue in the middle of a potato field, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know they kind of toned down the rest of the phallic stuff that's in the movie. So yeah, uh, <laughs> they they watered it down. I guess is the right term. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. Hey, I do ha- actually. Uh, I do have an announcement for our listeners, and you'll like this too, Ricky. Um, so back on the show, one of our classic short bus episodes, we did uh, the same director who did uh, crap. What the hell was that movie? Uh, Death Mask. Oh yeah, he did another movie we did on the show called Jacko. Yeah, and if any of you were uh, you know brave enough to get out into the theaters for a Fathom event, Rift Tracks is doing. Uh, one night only, October twenty first, which is a Wednesday. They're doing Jacko, but they're riffing <laughs> over it. So uh, I think that wow. would be a lot of fun, man. And if I, I imagine listeners of the show would like that too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. God, I mean, <laughs> what a movie. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's funny because uh, they said that like to make it family friendly and stuff. The only thing they cut out of it was you know the the one completely just yeah. out of nowhere Linnea Quigley shower scene. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but and if, if you, and if you can't get to the theater to see it, I think next month they're actually releasing it to where you can stream it online or whatever. So that's what I'll do because I don't. I mean, I'm not going to the theater. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a strange time to be out and about, but you know, maybe we'll get back to that kind of stuff pretty soon. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a matter of uh, how many. I don't know how many awful movies people are stuck at home with until they're like, I gotta go. I gotta go out. <laughs> I gotta break out of here. Especially if you're taking recommendations from Short Bus. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're watching these, then yeah, you need to get out. <laughs> Somebody's sitting at home and watching Death Nurse 1 and 2 on a loop. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. What we're going to do, we're going to take a little short break and we'll be right back with Black Roses. Black Roses? Black Roses! Get out of the way! Yeah! Hey, hey guys, 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 calm down, guys, calm down. I'm trying to record something You heard the man, zip it. Go ahead, Skippy, it's all yours. I appreciate that. Hey, all you podcast listeners out there, looking for something crazy to listen to? Well, look no further, because it doesn't get any weirder than this show. Hey, what do you mean weird? I'll bust your f***ing skull. I, I wasn't talking about you, Louie. I was talking about this show, Rad Movie-Rama. I heard that show was dangerous. Yeah, man, I heard that show was hot. Let, let me take it, Skippy. Uh, what this show is is about uh, us 
looking at movies that are really quite terrible. Come on, man. I, I love these movies. These are some of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I like them, too, because they're going to squeeze somebody's brain out. From 70s grindhouse drive-in classics to VHS explosion of the 80s and the birth of cable TV. It's kind of all covered right here at... Rad Movie Rama! You can find Rad Movie Rama and all the voices in my head at uh, Legion Podcast or iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or YouTube. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah! That's Rad Movie Rama. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts under Rick Radio. Oh, yeah! And now for our feature presentation. And we're back with Black Roses from 1988. The IMDb score for this is a 5.0, which that's actually not very far off from Rock and Roll Nightmare. I think that one was like a yeah. four, four point something. So I, I expect there to be a, a pretty legit gap between the, the scoring and there's really not. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess the other one is a, is a cult film. And, you know, uh, John Micklethor does have a pretty, pretty big audience. I don't know where you're going over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty big uh, shower scene. Hey, I've, I've news for you, man. After watching Rock and Roll Nightmare and all the lingering, sh- all the lingering shots, if if that dude was packing, man, we would have seen it for ten minutes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There'd be no cuts. <laughs> uh, this, this movie is directed by John Fasano, the same guy who did uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare. He also directed Zombie uh, Zombie Nightmare, which stars John Micklethor, which there's a great Mystery Science Theater episode of that. So it's a really good one. Uh, it's back when what's his name? Uh, Adam West was doing you know any role he could. Oh wow! And and, and he didn't like him at all. You know this one they I think they made him a racist and stuff. <laughs> but uh, but John Fasano, I, I mentioned last episode, he also wrote Darkness Falls. He wrote Universal Soldier: of The Return, another forty eight hours, and. Uh, the writer of this, surprisingly enough, I, I never knew this is a is a woman, Cindy Cirille. Um hmm. and the only thing she wrote besides this is Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee, which oh. uh, I think is the only Brandon Lee movie I've seen outside of The Crow. So, yeah, uh, well, there's there's not a there's not a whole bunch out there. I mean, uh, Showdown, Little Tokyo, Rapid Fire, Rapid Fire was supposed to be his big breakthrough film. Because they kind of set him up as the the action hero kind of thing, which I, m- I remember me and my wife going and seeing it back in the day when it came out, and yeah, it was all right. I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks that it didn't launch him. It sucks that his death had to be the reason he became like so you know notoriously famous. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's, that's just the, the way it rolls. The man. cookie crumbles, yo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this movie stars John Martin. Ken Swafford, Sal Viviano, Julie Adams. Julie Adams from uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right, yeah. Frank Dietz, who was in the last movie we watched. Um, (laughs) And Carla Ferrigno, who, uh, a little bit of trivia here, she's she's married to the only other famous Ferrigno, Lou. (laughs) Right, yeah. 
Which and I, and I wonder, you know, with this director, you know, it's nothing. There's nothing like this in the trivia. I'm just speculating. But I wonder with this director being so into like muscly dudes and stuff, if he'd try to get Lou to be the, the front man for this band at some point. And Lou's like, oh, man. Lou's just like, no. <laughs> that would have been great. Dude, if, if you could get a giant muscle bound half deaf dude on a stage demoning out, I, oh man, I'm down. <laughs> oh man, you missed your chance there, director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's pretty much it for like the technical stuff. Yeah, and like you were saying, you know, you're talking about them being musicians. So you've got Carmine Peace in this movie, the drummer, um, legendary drummer. I mean, go all the way back to Vanilla Fudge in the '60s. He, I, I just recently discovered a band he was in called Cactus in the '70s. Good stuff. Killer band. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> and then. Um, I mean, he was Rod Stewart's drummer for years. He played with Ozzy. He played. I mean, he is. He was the besides John Bonham. This was the other metal drummer or hard rock drummer of the time. Really? And matter. Of, oh yeah, man. Carmine Peace is one of the best. His brother uh, played with Dio for all those years. I know so, his I mean, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Carmine was top notch. I mean, when people still talk about Carmine's drumming, he's one of the best. And uh, so it was, it was kind of a cool deal to see him in this movie. And matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that some of the tracks in this movie came from a band he was in at this time called King Cobra. And uh, I, I recognize the singer's voice. The singer's got a unique voice and really good singer. But I swear I hear a couple of tracks in here that might have been some throwaway tunes for King Cobra that they just, you know... Try to make a little money off of with the movie, I guess. But and you also had one of the guitar players is Mick Sweeta, and Mick Sweeta was the guitar player in well in King Cobra for a while, and he ended up being in Bullet Boys later on. Oh, cool! So yeah, you, you get some legit musicians that are in this movie. Now, if you can tell who's who, it's hard to tell because you know they are the people that are these morphed demons at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> And then, you know, you see him kind of later on, you know, on the stage with uh, in the small town and stuff. But, yeah, uh, I guess at the time, people didn't really know who they were. But in hindsight, that's that's who's in here. I mean, they made a big deal of saying featuring Carmine Peace because they knew he was a commodity at the time. Well, I, I will tell you this. Um, going into this, this isn't the Tritons. There are no songs about, you know, serving no. at your local soup kitchen or like... Uh, you know, washing cars for the elderly. The, the songs are all like legit <laughs> songs. <laughs> you know, these are these are legit like rock songs, man. There's nothing. Yeah. There's, no, there's no filler here. Even um, later, in the, we'll talk about it when we get to. It, but there's a song in the movie, a slow song, where they talk about where they came from and stuff. And even that's like a legit song. Yeah, we'll talk about that song when we get to it because, well, we'll we'll get to it. <laughs> hey, uh, so that drummer you're talking about though, the um, he. Uh-huh. Uh, it has him credit. I know you said he, dr- he was uh, drumming for Rod Stewart, but it has him credited as being a writer on a lot of huge hits for Rod Stewart. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was. I'm telling you, the dude was. He's an icon in the in the hard rock industry. Uh, I've got one of his books up here. It's you know you know teaching you teaching you you know the the fundamentals of rock. I mean, it's a standard book for drumming. Well, I mean, he's when I think legit. Fun- when I think fundamentals of rock, I think Rod Stewart. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that was his money gig, right? Oh, so he hey, do dude, you got to do what you, you do. What you got to do. <laughs> and he played on uh, when 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 Kiss did the four solo albums in '78. 
there's a track on there that he played drums on, and I mean, you can see it on there featuring Carmine Peace. So, I mean, he was just one of those guys that everybody looked up to, because Vanilla Fudge was one of those influential bands. I mean, they were right there with Zeppelin and stuff. It's just, you know, Zeppelin just changed everything. So, um, yeah, he's just one of those dudes, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this thing, man. Uh, we're going to start off with there's a concert setting going on, and we're in the city, apparently, and it's a rock concert, and we're hearing Me Against the World by Lizzie Borden is the opening song. So already we're getting some cred in the yeah. rock world because this was kind of a big song at the time. Uh, I remember seeing the actual Lizzie Borden video for this. Uh, but yeah, the band are all kind of ghouled out, man. They they're like these demon looking things on stage playing the instruments. Oh, I thought it was the uh, current Rolling Stones lineup. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had about as many teeth as they did, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're rocking out. The crowd's getting into it, and all of a sudden, the cops show up, and this. I don't know if he's the leader of the police or whatever, but he comes in. He's like, "Hey, we've got a we've got a letter here to shut you guys down." And uh, the dude's like, "I go. I guess this is the guy that's owning the arena that they're in or whatever, or theater. It's not really an arena. It's pretty small, but it's like a little auditorium kind of thing." Yeah, and he's looking through like the the window of the push open doors that would lead to the arena, and he's just mesmerized, right? Like he's just in a trance by watching this show. And the cop dude's like, are you crazy, man? <laughs> and then they go up to the doors, and the doors bust open, and then a bunch of creatures come running out. And that's kind of your opening for the movie. So again, satanic panic. You listen to this music, you're going to turn into a a life-size gremlin. <laughs> You'll turn into a guar prop. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. <laughs> But, uh, I, I mean, already I'm like, okay, man, you picked a legit song. You know, the, the, the makeup here is questionable, but you're still, you're still in. You're like, okay, I can take this. At least they're not a bunch of puppets up there, right? It <laughs> definitely looks better than the demon from Rock and Roll Nightmare. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the sync of their mouths and stuff is not really good with what's going on with the music. But anyways... You yeah, can overlook that. This isn't this isn't Jim Henson, uh, you know, puppeteering with the mouths. <laughs> and then we see two Lamborghinis pull into this small town. Dude, these cars are dude, dope. Yeah, they are, man. These are like even by today's standard, these things are hot. They were pulling in. Was and, they look like they were pulling into Mayberry? I know, man. It looks like, to be honest, my hometown where I came from, and I think that's what made this kind of work. Uh, but yeah, the cars pull up, streets are empty, it's like morning time, so the town hasn't even woke up and got functioning yet. I'm guessing. I mean, it looks like it's afternoon, but there's nobody around. The like town's said, pretty maybe. empty every time they show it, honestly, now that they, yeah. you say it. But this dude jumps out in a leather fringe jacket with a leopard skin crotch guard on his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... You kind of get the whole band getting out of these cars, and uh, they start handing out flyers. And I'm going, wait a minute. I mean, apparently this band is a big deal. We saw them perform a while ago, major record label, it says, and all this stuff. But they go into a small town and have to put up their own posters to promote the concert (laughs) they're going to do. Not only that, but 
we we find out as this goes along that they're performing at the school gymnasium. So <laughs> and it's like the day of the concert. <laughs> or like the first day. I mean, it's like a, it's like you know when bands go to town and they play three nights. They're doing they're doing three sets here, but they're doing them in the auditorium at a school. <laughs> <clears throat> the band so, yeah, posters are funny in this because they say Black Roses at the top, but they look like a glamour shot Tiger Beat photo of the singer, and it, and it just says Damien. <laughs> right. And that's kind of what they're getting to. I, I think that's, you know, it's not a picture of the band. Damien is apparently the, the, the catch, right? It's kind of like Bon Jovi, but you're going to have just a picture of John Bon Jovi on it. But yeah, it's that thing of, you know, here's your, here's your good-looking guy that all the girls will go crazy over, and that's the selling point. You would think you know, musically, in in this time period, that was uh, secondary was the music because this is the MTV generation, so it's all about the looks. But uh, we cut to a school, and it's a morning class, and like I said, the the, the teacher is a uh, Tom Atkins wannabe with this big stash, and he's kind of talking about how smart he is and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> and uh, then uh, they're reviewing. Uh, an author and we get this uh, student that's in a jean jacket because you know that's a sign of rebellion because you wear a jean jacket right it's a satanic panic and uh, we find out that the parents don't like Black Roses being in town and they want to stop the show because they think Black Roses are evil (laughs) (laughs) well I like it too because uh, when they talk about it they're like they're talking about, look at this. Look at this the symbol of evil. And it's a picture of a skull. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's in doctor's <laughs> offices. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, it's even a, I mean, it's not even a, it's 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 a cartoon kind of figure, too. It's oh, yeah. not even scary looking. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got, I said, uh, back home, jean jacket guy gets some fabric paint out and paints a kick-ass skull with a, with a rose hanging out of its mouth on the back of his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to a town hall meeting where the one of the leading counselors of the town is up there talking about uh, the evils of the Black Roses and, and, like you said, how the emblem of the band represents evil. And you're like, dude, it's just a crappy drawn skeleton head. I don't, <laughs> I don't see where, where you think that's evil. Oh... And then she's like, uh, "Would you like to hear some of the propaganda?" Of course, that's Julie Adams, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's Julie Adams. Talking. Yeah, dude. And then it's so, it's funny because like he's not much younger than her, but the mayor comes up in defense of the band, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys remember? Hey, Billy, you remember when your son had hair like Ringo Starr? You remember that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to kick him in the teeth when he came home, or when you came with singing Elvis and gyrating all over your dog?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, and that's, you know, I've even got it right here. You know, gets up, defends rock and roll, and this dude is awesome. And, you know, it's it's that same old case over and over. And, of course, we're getting the age now. We're like, really, kids, this is what you're listening to? This is crap. <laughs> hey, man. Like, I don't know. There was a shift. <laughs> it's not, I, like, I know they say every generation does that. Like, you get to the point where all the new music sucks. But, I'm like, no, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. But he says it's the mayor that gets up there and is defending him, and he says there's nothing they can do about the concert because the school board approved the concert. I'm like, but did, what? But didn't promote it. They, they approved it, but did nothing to promote it. 
Well, that's that's a school for you, right? Yeah. Hey, as long as we as long as we make money, so we can buy some supplies, you know, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we cut to a friendly little scene of Jean Jacket guy walking around with a girl that he's obsessed with, and instead of like walking kind of cool and trying to impress her and stuff he starts jumping around like he like he took a whole can of uppers oh man and, he's like uh, swinging from like light poles it's 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 almost like it's choreographed the way he's bouncing man, around dude is all about some light poles ain't he i mean he's humping every light pole in town uh, <laughs> uh he's uh it's almost like he's on a skateboard but there's not one there <laughs> <laughs> And then you know you know how you get a girl to like you. You accuse her of banging the teacher. You know that always that always gets you laid. Everybody you know? knows about you and Mister whatever his name is. I'm like, dude, Mister Mustache. If everybody knows about her and like Faux Atkins, man, someone needs to call the cops. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man. I said uh, this. This is probably the 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 scene you kind of go. Okay, this is. Not very good. It's almost like he's going to just burst that bust out into a musical number here, you know, like singing in the rain or something. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then he gets the the wise idea they're going to paint the town. And <laughs> yeah, literally, he doesn't understand that it's just a figure of speech, though. You know, he's literally going to paint the town red. Well, and can can we talk though for a second about how, like before before he decides or before he actually starts to commit the act of vandalism, he breaks into a hardware store. Because <laughs> it's closed. There are no lights on or anything, dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, again, his his intention is to paint the town red, so you, you got to do what you got to do. You steal one, one gallon of red paint. I mean, that's what it's going to take to uh, paint the whole town well, red. It's funny, too, because the, the, the teacher walks up on him because he hears the can lid, like the lid hit the ground. <laughs> Which is weird, because like, the only people out right now are these two teens and the teacher, and the teacher ju- yep. just happens to hear that. But when the teacher walks up to the, the can, it's got paint all over the sides. Like It's, it's like an old can. Yeah. It's like you, it's so low, you don't even see liquid in it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude just stole an, like, like a, a, an empty can of paint. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> Well, there's a reason why, because when they run off and he's standing there looking at the paint can, he sees off in the distance, he sees, which looks like Damien standing over by in an area where they've chained up their cars, I guess, because it looks like if, if, if people are breaking into a hardware store, then they'll probably steal their cars. But uh, he sees his kind of image standing over there, and then inside the, uh, the paint can, a, a fire starts. And... Uh, no reason why. No, and and he just um, kind of leaves it there, right? They're just like burning, just leaves it in the middle of the room. <laughs> Man, who thought that? Who would have thought that uh, an empty red paint can would be so flammable? You know. <laughs> well, surely not Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, dude uses a pocket knife to take the lid off the paint, and he leaves it at the scene of the crime. And uh, the teacher ends up taking his knife back to him and gives it back to him because he knows it's him. So dude's like, oh, man, he knows it was me. It's like, yeah, he saw you running off with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, his girlfriend. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. And then, you know, he, he, he's pissed, though. Like, Evan, he's really upset that the teacher knows about it. Like, it's, yeah. It's like actual anger yeah. that the teacher caught him. It's like, dude, like, the teacher was, like, kind of giving you a, a little bit of leeway, a warning there. Well, he even gives him a little talk afterwards about, you know, hey, man, you know, you just got to be careful about what you do. And then, and then Johnny Dendham yells at him, like, hey, my mom left my father because he was afraid to take a chance. And I'm not about to let that happen to me. And I'm like, that may, yeah, what the hell was what? that? <laughs> like, when that happened, I'm like, dude, that was that was a little bit like TMI there for the teacher. Your dad is the barber of the town. I mean, what did she want him to do? Become a sumo wrestler or something? I mean... <laughs> he was going to nationals. He was the, the national haircutting finals. <laughs> oh, man. It was him and Floyd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to take a little off the sides there. <laughs> I, like, I like this because this next scene, the band's like, you know what? We're going to prove that we're wholesome. So... <laughs> Yeah, they do this performance yeah. for the kids and the adults in the auditorium to show the adults that you know we are not we're not all about that satanic stuff. Everyone's right, got man. a skull, I'm, people. the The whole town is there, and you know, again, it, it, it it's obvious that this band is evil because nobody starts your first show with a ballad. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're at that concert and, like, and that does happen, it's you know. Yeah, it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, it's to prove to the parents, oh, well, this doesn't seem that bad. They seem like okay kids. And the lighting's even kind of subtle. It's not even, you know, not even dark in there. And they've got all their clothes on. They're dressed conservative. And uh, when the parents get up and leave, stage goes dark. And when the lights come back on, they're kicking balls, man. Oh, dude, he's, he's like in some <laughs> BDSM stuff when the lights come back on. Yeah, he is, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and uh, at the the next day at school, when all this is over, the the teacher proves what we've already known all this time is that rock and roll makes you dumb. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> These kids are like zombies in class that next day. Yeah, man, not, not even responding to anything. And you find out that the band is just giving away free tickets to all the teenagers to come to the show every night. And I'm going. I'm sure your record label's not happy about this. <laughs> First off, you're playing gymnasiums, and you're letting people in for free. I don't see how this is going to be very productive for your career. Uh, so all that stuff goes out the window. But also, not only that, but they get some weirdo pull up in a big 4x4 pickup truck that's just handing out albums out in front of the school. And, and that same weirdo's like cheering on students like, pummeling the hell out of each other oh yeah they're fighting over the records man hey that's my album and you get this one kind of big bully kid who plays into some things later on who's uh he's kind of rough man leather jacket kid kind of the tough you know brawling kind of kid yeah he's picking up kids over his head and (laughs) throwing them because you know they got his album (laughs) and uh it's, it's so ridiculous uh and the teacher's all concerned now because he's thinking, man, this does have an in- impact on the kids. And he goes and talks to... I'm not for sure who this guy is that he goes to talk to. Maybe it's the principal? Uh, yeah, I think it is because the only two other people I remember were the mayor and the principals as far as the old dudes go. Right. And 
you know, he's like, hey, uh, I'm really worried. He's like, I'll tell you what. He said, why don't you go talk to them, and just you'll find out that it's all for show. It's all for making money. It's, it's business. So he... Uh, he goes to meet uh, Damien, the lead singer of the band, and dude is straight up dressed like a yuppie, man. Oh, I mean, dude, he is like, yeah, he is like tucked in, like long sleeve button up shirt. Did you notice he was carrying a glass of milk and drinking it? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, Damien, Damien's carrying a glass of milk, dude. It's like it, the only thing missing was like I don't know, like some goldfish crackers, man. This guy was playing this angle so hard. <laughs> And his his hair is short because you know in all, all the other pictures he's got this huge, you know, mane of hair. You know, almost kind of Fabio style. It's a, it's a, it's a massive hairdo, <laughs> almost Beverly D'Angelo style, right? He looks he looks and, uh, in this scene he looks like a praise and worship band leader. Yeah, he kind of does, man. He <laughs> does with the the short hair and off to the side, and he's just missing the the nerd glasses, right? Uh. And so you know he goes and talks to him, and he's laying it on thick, man. And he's convinced him, oh, it's it's all business. They're just good guys. And hey, once you come out tonight, we'll give you free tickets. And I'm like, how is that any special than anybody else? You've been giving away free tickets all day long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's funny too because I think it's in the same scene that he tells him, you know, this is our, you know, this is our first out of studio performance. Except for this one gig yeah. we had, but but we don't really talk about that one. Didn't go as expected. Right. It's like you would think somewhere somebody would have known that you know they had pretty much had this demonic possession trample session in another town. Yeah, you know it would seem like there at least was a news reporter there or a guy from the A and R you know company of the, of the record company taking notes because <laughs> that's kind of how you get signed, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Nothing in the news about him, though. Um, then we cut to uh, the the big uh, bully kid that was throwing kids around for the record. And he's working out at home, and he's listening to Black Roses on his new record that he just got from beating up a kid. <laughs> and his mobster dad comes in, and he's like, Hey, what is this crap? What's this earring stuff, right? And he... Uh, only pirates so you, was the only pirates <laughs> only pirates yeah <laughs> but yeah he makes him shut the music off and I don't know go dump the garbage or something and the dad's sitting there and then all of a sudden the music comes back on by itself and he's like hey what's going on over here then he goes back over and he turns it back off and it comes back on again and then the record gets all deformed looking like it's a burnt Totina's pizza <laughs> <laughs> and then out of nowhere uh this pterodactyl skeleton monster comes out of the speaker Puppet attack. and attacks the dad. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. This seems uh, a little long. I mean, I mean, because I mean, it shows like every second of him being dragged back into the speaker. Yeah, it goes way too long. And, and it's one of those things where they shouldn't have shown the monster that much. <laughs> well, you know, it's also it's funny, too, because there's like a good, I don't know, 30 second shot of just uh, this Italian dude's gut. <laughs> I'm like, right. you guys could have pulled away or shot something else, but like, they're like, no, we're gonna do it. We gotta show his gut, guys. That's <laughs> what he's famous for. <laughs> but the monster climbs up on him and grabs him by his face and pulls him into the speaker, and you know, and, and this is like a maybe a ten inch speaker. Yeah. <laughs> his his sneaker, his, like, his sneaker barely, barely fits into it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like a, a Marty McFly, you know, hook up your guitar to that big, huge amp 
and the big speakers type system. This is just a single little bitty Marantz speaker hanging on the wall or whatever it is. And yeah, dude gets pulled. He pulled that big, huge gut dude through that little bitty speaker. It's pretty hilarious. Did you notice something? <laughs> uh, the the record he's playing is supposed to be Black Roses, but uh, it says The Mentors on it. It, oh, really? Yeah, and the Mentors is the band that El Duce was in. El Duce is the guy that cl- yeah. yeah, claimed that Courtney Love tried to pay him to kill Kurt Cobain. I thought that was pretty. I'm like, well, I didn't realize huh. I didn't realize the Mentors had that kind of like uh I don't know. That like yeah. uh, they just didn't seem like a band that was very well known about. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, but I, yeah, when it was spinning, I was noticing it said the Mentors and then it had the track name and I'm like, "Whoa, that's that's a catch right there." <laughs> huh. That's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. It definitely that. wasn't the mentors playing though, because <laughs> you know that, that the, no. the music playing was pretty decent. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of pretty decent music, uh, we go to the teacher's house and he's hanging out at the house, and he's jamming to some Amadeus. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and the teacher goes. He grabs a, a can of beer out of the fridge, and then he goes to get a, a glass out of the cabinet. And the back of his cabinet doesn't have a damn back. It's just, he, he could have easily just walked around to the other side and grabbed it. He didn't have to even open it. He a just door. reached through. <laughs> uh, and, and, well, that's no weirder than him having a picture on the wall of him and all the teens that are in this movie together. Yeah, that was <laughs> weird. It's like, what? Well, it seems like half I mean, of them don't even like him, and he's got pictures with well, them. I've, I've, I've had, you know, teachers that I thought a lot of, but I guarantee you they didn't have a picture of me on their wall. <laughs> And if they did, you know, they probably should have been investigated. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's no explanation to any of that. <laughs> well, did, okay, so did that seem serve any purpose? Well, I, I think it just shows that he cares about his students. I oh, mean, that's okay. kind of what they're making the, the case for here. Concert night number two is ready to go, and... You know, before they walk out on the stage, Damien's back there with his group, hovering over a pentagram with some candles, because, you know, that's what rock bands do before concerts and gymnasiums, right? (laughs) Uh, Oh, and the band starts uh, playing the opening song, and then people start turning into skeleton puppets out in the crowd. Dude, yeah. It's crazy, man. It's hilarious. (laughs) And... There's there's no explanation to it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, do these people die or what? I mean, <laughs> well, the, the thing I like about it though is like like they're turning into these like skeleton guar props, but like before they do, there's like a flash of smoke and stuff, almost like they were like lit up on fire yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be that transformation thing. It's to to blur you from being able to see when they actually cut the film and put the <laughs> the, the puppet in its place. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's just uh, it's one thing for them to turn into skeletons, but skeleton with eyeballs, like we learned in Rock and Roll Nightmare, just it it it, it doesn't really sell. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I think it's during this concert that um, the teacher goes over to the mayor's house to see the mayor. Yep. Yep, sure does. And, and gets in a fight with Priscilla. I was going to yeah, say the, it, turns, is, it turns into like a Days of Our Lives episode all of a sudden. <laughs> Well, everybody knows that you've been hanging out with that girl. You leave her out of this. And I mean, just stupid stuff, man. Well, it's weird, too, because, like, you know, this woman's like, I don't know, in her 40s. 
She's living at home yeah. with her dad, the mayor. Yeah. And she's and she's calling the teacher a loser because all he does is teach kids. And I'm like, you're living at home with your dad. Yeah, because she's telling. She's like, you know, when I first you know met you, I thought you had so much potential. I'm like, where did you think it was going to go to the teaching finals? What the hell did you think was going to happen? Like these people in this town are like really disillusioned. <laughs> big big dreams, man. Big dreams in a little town. It's cable TV and rock and roll, man. It ruined it ruined every small town in the in the. In the Americas. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's, you know, this whole scene you can really kind of do with that. But we follow Jean Jacket Johnny. He goes home and just goes straight to bed. Doesn't, you know, worry about taking much of his clothes off. But um, then all of a sudden, this 80s naked chick shows up in his bedroom and starts humping on him. Yeah, just like <laughs> some succubus just strolls on in. Yeah. Which, you know. When you see, I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's weird because like, oh. like everything that happens, there's, there are a bunch of like cuts here. Like it, it goes to like a, a kid sitting on the carpet, you know, and he's listen- in yeah. the background. They have it playing the the Black Roses song, and the kids, <laughs> and little kids that are listening to Black Roses, like. <laughs> Oh, you don't need to be listening to this. And he's throwing his action figures in the fire, throwing all the good guys in the fire. Yeah. He, he throws and, Batman and Aquaman in there, which, you know. <laughs> which, you know, that's understandable. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> well, it's weird, too, because when you see, like, his dad, his dad's, like, an older dude. So it's like, who put on the Black Roses, the kid? Right. That's, uh, <laughs> again, it's just so weird. But, uh,. Not near as weird as what happens afterwards, because when he's putting the kid to bed, his daughter comes home, who's the hot blonde that's in this movie that I think, if anybody should be after anybody, this is who you should be after. Oh, yeah. Um, and she brings home a friend to spend the night, because it's so late after the concert, and her parents are probably already in bed, she'd want to wake them up, yada yada. Well, I, we'll get to that in a second. Anyway, she brings a friend home to spend the night, and they're all just hanging out in the living room. They, and the dad puts a little boy to bed, and things are just going to get crazy. Uh, meanwhile, this cuts away to our big bully guy with the leather jacket who comes home after the concert, and he backs over his mom in the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help but just laugh at this because I'm like, how did he get pushed over the edge that quickly? And why is she, like, not worried that the dad is missing, right? Yeah. And, and when <laughs> he hits her with his car, man. She flies, like, 15 feet. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that made it better if he would have said, Garbage day! Because <laughs> she was out dumping the garbage, you know. I think it's around the time that it cuts back to, uh, you know, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a little piece of life advice here. If two teenage girls come home from a concert dressed in leather and they're asking to play gin, something's afoot. <laughs> Just going to put it out there. Things aren't right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's a school night. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the hot blonde end up goes to going to bed and leaves her friend Tina in the living room with her dad. And she wants to play strip gin. And yeah, things just get crazy. She loses her clothes and starts humping on the girl's dad, and apparently he has a heart attack and dies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Which, you know, that's understandable. There are worse ways to go, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. I feel like a lot of people and in this movie got really bad deaths compared to this. 
Yeah, I mean, this guy got the easy way out, right? <laughs> it's just too bad it couldn't have been a little further along, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, Johnny Blue Jean just got out of bed, and when he does, the naked chick just disappears. And in order to celebrate this, he just goes in the living room and shoots his dad in the head. <laughs> it probably, I, was, I wasn't laughing at that, I was laughing at the girl disappearing. Because he probably just, yeah. you know, as the scene before that accused her of sleeping with the teacher, too. He's like, I know you're sleeping with the teacher, you succubus. She's like, I'm a demon. Everybody knows you like Tom Atkins. <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, he goes in there and caps his dad, which his dad's, like, probably the most likable adult in this movie. It's, well, besides the teacher, I mean, the dad, he just seems like the, you know, just his poor, yeah. poor schlub, you know, just lives his daily life. Because right. a lot of other adult characters are really scummy in this movie. Yeah, they are. Next, <laughs> next day at school, man. It's class time again. So we got teenagers now that are just killing their parents, killing whoever, and just go to school. I mean, to me, if you're already in the mindset of killing your parents, I don't think school would be that high on your level of things to do. <laughs> you know? Just saying. Uh, but they go to school, and the class looks like the opening of the Twisted Sister I Want to Rock video. All the kids in the classroom look like they've gone from wholesome kids to straight up L.A. rocker kids from, like I said, the music videos of the time. And they start chanting Damien at the t- at the teacher. Which is really weird, right? Yeah, it's very, very really <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, hey, so let's uh, let's turn the book, to, let's turn to page 12 and they start going, Damien, Damien, Damien. I'm like, okay, that that doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to get out of here. So the teacher just books it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, after this, uh, Jamie goes to see the principal. I think. Yeah. The, yeah. Ja- J- Jamie's not crying. That's for sure. No. Well, she goes to see the principal, and it, it's weird because she's talking. To, she's talking to him about like you know having these um, teen psychological issues and stuff, and now she just wants to scream sometimes. So she, he's like, oh no, yeah, that's that'd be a good good way of letting out your emotions, and so he offers to open the window with the window for her so she can go out and scream, and she drops him like a sack of potatoes out the window, man, <laughs> just straight to the pavement. And he lands in the back, land, well, he lands on the back of that red net truck, doesn't he? Oh yeah, you're right, yeah, he truck. does. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got possibly dead. <laughs> I mean, because you don't know that he died. Well, kind of like the mom, the mom that got hit by the car. I mean, she probably has some broken bones, but she's alive probably still, too. (laughs) But, hey, guess what? The the teacher now knows that something's up. I don't know what (laughs) gave him the clue. Uh, When everybody in the town is dying and uh, nothing's happening to the teenagers and they're all chanting Damien. No, there's nothing going on. But he goes to the library to find books on witchcraft. And this is when... Julie shows up and Johnny, uh, you know. So this is the girl that everybody accused of him messing around with, and then Johnny's the the denim jacket dude that uh, is obsessed with Julie. So somehow they're in cahoots with each other for some reason. It didn't make a lot of sense, but I guess because they ran around the street and he was hunching light poles earlier, <laughs> that makes them friends. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, well, she. She says that she wants more from the teacher than just him being the teacher. And he's like, yeah, you know, there's rumors going around and stuff, and I care about you, but, you know, 
I could go to jail for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Johnny, who like seemed concerned about this earlier in the film, is just standing back there, like nodding all creepy, like Jack Nicholson from right. you know, that GIF. Uh, but she's angry that I know what it is because you've got another woman in your life. So you can tell right then that she just storms out. She's like, there's concern that she may go try to do some harm to Priscilla, you know, which is uh, the teacher's. Uh, well, actually, I think at this point he's probably like, yeah, fine, go ahead and kill her. She's a, <laughs> she's a, <laughs> she's a slut. <laughs> and uh, you know. We get another concert scene. They play like five nights at the school. Well, I was just going to say that because I thought this was the final night coming up, but it's not. Like, no. it's another concert. <laughs> Again, just the logic of maybe it's because just people didn't know back then, but, you know, usually if you're going to play somewhere, you don't do three nights at Madison Square Garden, much less five nights at a school gymnasium. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you, you just, might do five nights at the gymnasium just because. You may not be able to fit the entire town in there in one night. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man! But uh, we get—we're uh, just getting to more of the brainwashing scenario that's going on. And wow, man, Johnny, we got to talk about this where Julie's getting dressed, and uh, is this the meatball nipples? Yeah, and it goes on for—I mean, wow! I mean. <laughs> And no, no, just keep playing with them. No, no, just, yeah, just keep, no. Is that enough? No, just keep playing with them. Keep going. That had to, that had to be the direction, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that, it? if you got it now, is that enough? No, just keep, keep going. Keep going. It never, zip, what was that? that never mind. Just keep, keep going. <laughs> Don't look over here. Don't look over here. Just keep, keep doing that. Yeah, man. I mean, this is longer than the skeleton pterodactyl monster scene, man. It just goes on forever. Her just playing with her knockers. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because like the, the area she's doing it in front of is like it almost also looks like a, like a, like a demon shrine kind of thing. It's like a mirror set up, and, uh, yeah. you know, it, it just doesn't look like your typical teenage girl from the 80s, you know, that are like, back then everything was kind of yeah. light. You know, if, yeah, if it, you were to play with your, your, your meatballs, you did it in, in the light. <laughs> but it, like I said, you know, at first you don't know who it is, then you find out it's Julie, which you never see her head when all this, you know, boob playing is going on. So obviously it's a, a boob double. Oh yeah. <laughs> a stunt double. And uh but Julie comes out of the bedroom, she's all decked out. And goes into the living room where her stepfather is. Dude. Which, we didn't even talk about him, but this dude is, he's he's a slime he's ball. A I mean, he like... Yeah. Yeah. Do you, rec- he do tries you, to hit do you recognize him? He looked familiar. Who is it? Dude, that is... Um, he's He plays Axel in uh, the original My Bloody Valentine. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And it's funny because there's only a few years gap between that movie and this one. I think seven years. Yeah. But he looks so much different than wow. this. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. And he is just scummy, dude. Oh, just like yeah. talking about, yeah, yeah, I gave it to your mom. I didn't hear any complaints from her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, every morning is an obstacle for her to just get out of the house with her clothes on trying to get to school. So, but yeah, she goes in here where the stepfather is and she starts making a move on him. And then, uh, you know, she bashes him in the head with a petrified burrito and kills him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was, dude. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> it was weird. It was like, a, it almost looked like an Aztec, like, 
freaking orb. I don't know. It was I, just this round thing. It's either that or it's that just they, part of it's just just a brick in his house or something. It's just like it didn't make geez. any sense. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, when this is going on, the teacher goes looking for Julie because. He just wakes up and he's still in the, <laughs> in the library, which nobody said, hey, uh, last night they didn't go away. Uh, we're closing, so you might want to go home. No, we're just going to leave you asleep in here in the, in the, in the library. So uh, he gets up and goes looking for Julie and uh, stops at her house. And Julie's mom's freaking out because her, you know, the, the stepdad or her husband now is, uh, you know, his head's bashed in with a burrito, and she's waiting on the cops to get there. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what? Atkins Jr. just was like, well, sorry for your mishap. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. You know, he didn't, like, hang around and go, oh, my God, that's awful. What happened? He just goes, well, okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he can't what? find her. And uh, then we go to where Priscilla's playing tennis by herself for some reason she's getting in her car and uh julie's in the back seat and wow she gets it the worst dude yeah yeah man i mean she pretty much just cuts her head off with a knife so that's 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 when you love somebody <laughs> when you cut yeah. somebody's head off well that's that's the one death in this movie so far that's been i mean i know you got a bludgeoning with a, a burrito a few minutes ago but like there's something about this one that feels just so much more amplified than anything else right. in this movie. I mean, you're dealing with puppets and stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, this is straight up slasher stuff, and and uh, it's uh, it, it's actually pretty shocking, I guess, because the rest of the movie is so oh funny. Look, it's a skeleton pterodactyl thing, and this is like whoa, straight up. This could be in any Savini film, really. I mean, it looks pretty. Oh good. yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, but yeah, man. Uh, oh, this is when he goes back home. And he gets a phone call, and it's the mayor saying, "Hey, uh, Priscilla's dead because her car caught on fire." <laughs> You're like, "What?" <laughs> Not only did she sneak in there, kill her stepfather with a burrito, jump in this lady's car, chop her head off, and set her car on fire. She is more dangerous than anybody else in this movie, man. <laughs> Well, that is, it's funny too because like where her car is sitting and stuff like yeah it's just like it's just parked like nobody's questioning why like the dad seems like pretty uh pretty okay with the fact that it just caught fire spontaneously <laughs> yeah but Atkins Jr. knows better man he he knows that that's not what happened and while he's uh while he's talking to him on the phone there's a knock at the door and it's Julie and her knockers and uh she comes in the house takes her shirt off starts making the moves on him starts going down on him and he slaps her like the tall man slapped that girl in Phantasm 2 he just, just <laughs> he does his backhand it's like super <laughs> oh I was like oh when he did that man that was awesome but then, and uh, it, it's during the scene that she she has her transformation oh yeah yeah he regrets hitting her and he tries to apologize but she starts changing into a monster and man she looks like a poor man's cockeyed version of Jar Jar Binks, man. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know what she? You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, that mask in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four that Tommy Jarvis has, oh, where yeah. he's moving the eyes. Yeah, it looks like the, it looks just like that. It's so crazy. <laughs> but then you said Jar Jar, and I see that too now. <laughs> oh man, and, you know, and what do you do in honor of, of Priscilla being killed? You you beat the crap out of this monster with a tennis racket. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like, bing, bing. You know, you can hear the strings when he's hitting the monster. <laughs> oh, then he even tries to put a tennis ball in, in the monster's mouth. And I think he realizes, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> She's not having a seizure, dude. <laughs> well, now, I, I do have to say, this monster is... 90% as stiff as the demon from Rock and Roll Nightmare. It's pretty dang stiff, man. Oh, dude. The, the scene where, before he beats it down, when it's like chasing him through the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's just like, it, it's so stiff. Oh, uh, and while it's flopping around, he falls on the ground and he breaks off the, the a leg off of a bar stool and stabs the monster with it. And that kills the monster. So, yeah. So now we got the teacher has just killed one of his students. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what oh, you do man. when that happens? He's been he's so distraught now that he goes up he goes to a gas station to fill up his car and I thought when I first saw that I was like, dude, he's he's filling up a gas and he's getting the hell out of there. <laughs> but no It's like everybody already thinks I'm banging my students on <laughs> now there's a dead one in my house. <laughs> but no, he fills up a five gallon tank of gas and gets some flares. because uh, yeah, because that's what you do when you just killed the girl you had the hots for. You know, that's just kind of how that works. Uh, Buy some road flares. <laughs> I love the fact that he shows up at the next concert, and he's trying to the blend. final concert. He's, he's trying to blend in with the crowd, so he wears a bright red hunting vest, <laughs> <laughs> and he's carrying a five gallons of gasoline within a big red canister. I mean, where's security at at this show, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're checking the kids for the spikes on their arms and stuff, and you can't have the studded belt, but you coming in with a five-gallon tank of gasoline? Yeah, man, come on in. <laughs> man, it's just it's just funny. Okay, so he's getting the gasoline. How's he going to get it in? Oh, we'll just go in one of the doors because he works at the school. Oh, yeah, that, that works. Man. Yeah, fifth night of the concert. Fifth or sixth, or this is like a a Vegas residency at this point. (laughs) Well, I wanted to say the first thing: if this is the like the fifth or sixth night of playing every night in a in a in a location, man, this band's outfits—they've got to be stanking at this point, man. (laughs) Dude, it it just smells like nothing but leather and paint. (laughs) Oh man! (laughs) Uh, And if 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 this is kind of their idea of touring this is going to be the longest tour in history <laughs> oh yeah oh dude we played 27 you spots roses. <laughs> <laughs> you, th- you thought the guns and roses four four year use your illusion tour was was long <laughs> man black roses are going for a decade <laughs> uh yeah if you're going to play five or six night in every small town you go man this this band let's face it they just need better management <laughs> i mean put the satanic stuff aside you just need better management man <laughs> That's they. That's what happens with the devil's your manager. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, uh, Atkins Jr. makes his way up to the stage because that's what you do at at the concert, and and we get a sound loop of Damien just saying the same things over and over, and the crowd is just enthralled with it. They're absorbing everything he's saying, so it's it's become. Well, he, he, he has that voice now too, right? That. But while that's going on, Hot for Teacher sneaks up to the stage and starts pouring gasoline all over it. And uh, But Damien finally sees him and has his band go capture the teacher and bring him up on the stage right in front of Damien. And I said, this would be a great spot for a dance-off. <laughs> Dude. 
I don't know, man. Rock and Roll Nightmare had that 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 curtsy or whatever with the devil. <laughs> you, you, you know, one thing I, I didn't completely understand about this, and I know I know why they did it. They did it because of uh, prosthetic makeup effects. But I sent you that gif earlier yeah. of this where. Damien just smiles and starts laughing and pulls <laughs> off his hair. Pulls his hair off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Yeah, man. Uh, again, of course, I guess because we saw him earlier as the preppy, and you're going, okay. So, dude is obviously wearing a wig for the rest of this. But the fact that he pulls his hair off and he's bald underneath is just hilarious. It's almost like the the witches movie, right? When they start turning into the witches and they're it pulling is, off the yeah. hair. It's kind of the same thing, man. But, uh, yeah, the band turns into a bunch of goblins and then Damien turns into a, a life-size ghoulie. <laughs> I mean, he literally looks like one of the ghoulies, man, but he's he's life-size. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we have a throwdown on the stage between uh, the the teacher and, and Damien. And the teacher gets a Carmine a piece's gong mallet and starts <laughs> slapping Damien around with it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Damien slings the teacher in the drum set like you saw Kurt Cobain doing it in Nirvana video where he just jumps in the drums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of the same effect. So we're we're throwing down on the stage right now. And uh, then the teacher somehow gets his hands on one of these flares and tosses it at Damien, and it sets the whole stage on fire, burning up the band. And uh, the teacher saves the girl and runs out the front door for some reason. And all of a sudden, the fire trucks and everything are already there, which I thought was kind of like, weird. <laughs> do, do you want a great white concert? Because that's how you get a great white concert. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I just love the fact that he throws the flare, he starts screaming. And he makes his way to the front door, and like I said, every first responder is already there. That's well. What was Johnny saying when they were like putting him in cuffs? Was he, he was like, "My dad, my dad." I'm yeah. like, "Was I don't understand if he's like realizing he killed his dad or if right. he's blaming his dad for something." The whole thing was weird because well, his like his inflection was strange. Well, I think the, the the whole thing is you know they broke out of the spell, so all the kids don't realize that they're killing their parents and stuff, and you know. Then, uh, then, yeah, you know what? It don't matter if you know or not. If you did it, you you still go to jail. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny, sorry about that. <laughs> you can swing, swing on some of those light posts in the jail yard. <laughs> yeah. He'll be swinging on Little some freak. posts, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I just love the fact that just instantly the fire trucks and everything is already there before the fire's gotten even past the stage. Even the mayor's there. <laughs> because he hasn't had it a hard enough week, <laughs> right? Oh man! So it, yeah, yeah, they're still they're still putting out my the my daughter's car, but I wanted to come up here and see what was going on. <laughs> Matter of fact, they live straight from there to come here and put this fire out. Yeah. Uh, then you get uh, the the uh, the big bully kid coming out with his arm on fire and his leather jacket, and he's cussing at the fire. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Oh, man, that is... Yeah, he keeps saying the same thing over and over. <laughs> I mean, dude, you're cussing at the fire. It's not going to help. you got to kind of pat that thing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then, uh, because everything's now cool and fine, because we burnt down the school gymnasium and all the kids in it, uh, we get the mayor hanging out with the teacher at his house. 
not how much time had passed? Five months or five years? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It said five something. I think it was five months. It's gonna be five months because five years that band's career would be over by this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're hanging out not because of you know mourning the death of Priscilla having her head cut off and set on fire. They're just kind of chilling out, having fun, and they turn on the TV news, and they show where Black Roses is playing at Madison Square Garden for five nights straight. <laughs> yeah. How do you go from... Because Damien always wanted to do it in New York. That's, that's what he tells the yeah, press. Yeah. But how do you go from high school gymnasium to five months you're playing at Madison Square Garden? I mean... Anyways, that, that's a whole different story. Um, but then we get that still shot of Damien on the TV set. And like I said, the voice goes evil. And that's kind of how this movie ends, man. Oh, man. Black roses. You know, the, uh, it's entertaining, man. I mean, as goofy as some of this stuff is, it's, it's basically like... To me, it's kind of like when you take Rock and Roll Nightmare and you put this into it. It's kind of the equivalent of the bare-knuckled, you know, uh, guerrilla filmmaking of Evil Dead versus Evil Dead 2. It just cranked up the fun value a lot with this one. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and the not just the fun, but, like, everything, like, more effort was put into this, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And um, don't get me wrong. I still think that Rock and Roll Nightmare is a lot of fun. But this one, you can kind of go, okay, you know, at least they tried on this one. <laughs> There's no Australian accents. Oh, man. The director had to reel them in. <laughs> Any good lessons from this movie? Yeah, man. If you're in a demonic rock band and your gigs are going to be like five nights straight, bring four or five different outfits because, man, those leather pants are going to stand up by themselves after about three nights. <laughs> Oh, man. For me, a good lesson from a bad movie. I learned that the human skull is an image of evil, and all of them should be destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's a cartoon-drawn one, right? (laughs) Yeah. Also, that Hellfire kills Hell Beasts. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I think it's weird that he decided that, like, fire was going to be the thing to take out this demonic band. That'd be like polar bears being allergic to ice. Yeah, it it, it is kind of weird. It's like he spent all that time. I mean, he's got fifteen books laying out in front of him about witchcraft in the library, and he comes away with gallon of gasoline. I mean, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, you don't have to say any kind of chants and bring like an. Uh, you don't call the spirit of Beverly D'Angelo to come and defend you against Damien. I mean, you know, there seems like there should be more to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, I, they kind of dropped the ball there, but I, you know it didn't bother me too much. Yeah. What about I, any uh, what were they thinking moments? Yeah, the the, the drawn out uh, speaker creature I think is one of those where you just kind of go yeah, and I, I, that's a problem this director has is just dwelling too long on the things that you should just keep in the dark. Uh, the boob scene, man. I mean, not that I was like getting bored with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what? What's the point here? Are we just padding out and padding? Are we padding out the film here, uh, just because you know? Hey, I, I need to make uh, two minutes more film. Let's just get this girl play with her boobs for a while. Yeah, <laughs> man. For me, I, I would say the the thing 
the thing this director has a problem with is stopping special effects before they get to the puppet right. or rubber suit ter- territory. Yeah. Because when the singer takes off his hair and he transforms, the first transformation is actually pretty scary looking. Yeah. But then they're like, nah, we should add some more like puppet-like features and put them in a rubber Godzilla suit. <laughs> and I'm like, no, just stop in the middle, dude. You were there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think that's... You know, that goes to the logic of all the movies we grew up with that were kind of before this, where you show as little of the monster as possible. And this is a case of exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just see this director's work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how would you upgrade this? Uh, that's a good question. It, it, it would have to go to some of the special effects. I mean... Uh, and I don't want to knock on them. This is 1988. It's a low-budget film. It was probably okay for the time, but, you know, again, they just look like stuff that you would see in music videos from back in the day. If, you know, Greg Ken was fighting some sort of monster, it would look like something like this in one of his videos. So that's the only drawback, I think. I think as a whole, this whole idea is exactly what Trick or Treat is. You know, because it's terrorizing a small town. It's it's everything that Trick or Treat and Footloose is all about. <laughs> yeah, my wife compared it to Footloose. Yeah, I mean it's the small town rock and roll's the devil kind of thing, right? Oh man, for me, uh, upgrading this. Well, first of all, we got to make this an official sequel to The Omen. <laughs> yes. You know, Damien, Damien, Damien grows up and he starts Black Roses. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> um. Uh, the only other thing, man, is uh, more she- like more shots and scenes of teachers Tokyo drifting in their cars. <laughs> yeah, dude, what was that all about? <laughs> dude, he, he's leaving that house, man, and he spins his car out, slides like all the way around, and I'm like, that well, that seemed slightly unnecessary, but it was cool. <laughs> it was very cool, man. I was like, whoa, this dude's serious, and you know, again, that's after he just found out that you know her stepfather got bashed in the head with a with the burrito or whatever and he's just worried about going and finding her he's not worried, <laughs> worried about anything that's happened in that house strange oh dude <laughs> uh, where would you sit this one on the bus man I'm gonna say uh, second seat from the front man I, I, yes I think yes. it's uh, I think it's right up there with very very watchable like I think I, I would do the same thing second seat from the front I think this movie um, unlike Rock and Roll Nightmare I feel like this movie keeps you pretty engaged until the very end I feel like yeah. Rock and Roll Nightmare man after I don't know after about the sixth or seventh minute of fighting with puppets and having a starfish thrown at someone <laughs> I'm kind of checking out <laughs> oh yeah man I, I just I think this movie is a lot of fun. Uh, and, and like I said, you and I are such big trick-or-treat fans that this one is like the little brother of that one, right? It's not near as good, but it, you can you could sit and watch both of them back-to-back and be pretty happy. Oh, and, and I can listen to the soundtracks to both yeah. and, and be fine. Yeah, man, these songs are pretty solid, man. They, they really are a reflection of the time, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, that definitely, um, you know, I would never go listen to a Triton song. <laughs> <laughs> Wash your hands, feed your kids, and let's rock! <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the, the song the Tritons would sing about wearing a mask? <laughs> right. Oh, man. 
If you don't want to make other people sick, wear your mask and rock. <laughs> yeah, because you got to throw. They got to rock too. You got to throw the rock in there. <laughs> We're gonna rock that mask. Rock that mask. <laughs> That's gonna do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hey, be looking out for some other nonsense from us in the next uh, few weeks because. We're going to try to keep this going and get you all kinds of rocked out. So don't forget to wear your mask and rock it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, rock and roll doesn't die, and, and uh, bad rock and roll horror movies live on forever the same. Boy, do they. So, yeah, uh, we already got a request to do the the other movie from this director as well that kind of fits into this genre. And uh, I think we're going to try to cover that one next. What, what's it called? Is it Rock and Roll Zombies? Uh, Hard Rock Zombies? Hard Rock Zombies, yeah. Hard Rock uh, Zombies. I don't think it's this director, though. I think it's a different director. Oh, is it a different director? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, man, I totally forgot to add. Um, I had some trivia for this movie that I totally forgot. Let's have and, it. And I, feel, and I feel like, yeah, I have to add it. And it's it's some of the most important trivia I've ever read on IMDb, so it, you know, I, I, I can't let it go. So it's according to the back of the VHS box, the special effects are fantastic. However, this is not voiced by any critic. <laughs> it's only instead put in the description of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then and, and then like three quotes down it says, "The special effects are fantastic." That's part of the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's kind of like a uh... When you look in the newspaper at the, the when they're doing movie reviews and you see that you know what did you think about this movie? Movie was action packed. I loved it, and it's signed by Hey Wood, you blow me. <laughs> 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 oh, so yeah. Well, the, Go ahead. What one more thing about this man? There there was an actor in this movie. He played a teenager, and I'm not sure which one. Um, maybe the bully. Mm-hmm. His name was John Martin, but he was 37 when he when they filmed this. <laughs> It seems like that would be the right guy then, because he seems a little old. <laughs> oh man, man! The effects are fantastic. The the effects are fantastic. So, folks, if if you're a fan of this flick, again, go to the Facebook page and and just tell us all about the love that you have for this. Or if you know of other movies that kind of fit along with this, that maybe we should give a shot to. Uh, yeah, let us know, man. We want you guys to be involved. Uh, this show is just uh, so much fun. So, best thing you can do for us is just share this show with other people, man. Because you know that's how things get around. So, if you enjoy this show, uh, just make sure the people that you love listen to it too, and rock that mask. <laughs> <laughs> Spread the show. Hey, um, nothing too. Like if if anybody uh, has any idea how to get a hold of in- Intercessor, right? We're still down for that. Still trying to find it, and uh, we're not having any luck. <laughs> yeah, got, and don't send me don't send me some like porn parody called Intersexer or something. <laughs> not to mention, we don't want to pay forty five dollars for it either. So, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah. people are like it's out of print. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> there, there's a reason why. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, folks. I believe that's it. Johnny, you got anything else, brother? Nope. All right, folks, we will see you next time right here on Shopa Cinema. Adios, folks. Peace.